it's important to not always think of the people who are around you uh, as competition, even if you disagree or, or, or have different views of how to do business. It's important mm -hmm. to really learn from each other and especially now connect with each other. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. This is episode 852, and today I've got another special guest that I want to share with you, Abel James, the fat-burning man. That's the name of his podcast. That's the name of his brand, and the reason why I wanted to have him on was because, well, I've actually been following him a little bit on and off for probably the past eight years and it's just amazing that it kind of comes full circle. Whenever you're in this world of online business, uh, I was into uh, health and fitness. I still am. Um, but uh, I, I seen his podcast years ago and I actually listened to some of his episodes. But he's really evolved since then. And it's just interesting to always hear how someone starts, how they actually take that and it just leads them to where they're supposed to go next. And you're going to find that by listening to this episode, it's the exact same thing that I've been talking about for years. And you're going to also hear some of the struggles and the ups and downs and how Google has given them a lot of love, him and his wife. They're a husband and wife team, which I love. You guys hear me say that all the time because my wife and I are a husband and wife team. We've built many businesses together. But you're going to hear how Google was giving them a lot of ranking love and then, well, because they're in that space too where it's, I don't want to say medical, but it could be because they talk about weight loss and all that stuff. And uh, they kind of uh, gave that whole market, that niche, a little bit of a slap. But they're building themselves back. They also have an email list, which we talk a lot about, that has helped them tremendously. They have a podcast, which gets a lot of downloads. So they, they've really diversified. But you're going to hear how they've also now started into some supplements, which they never thought that they would do. So it's just a great interview because again, you never know where it's going to lead you, but they got started and his story is pretty awesome because he talks about how his own health was what was the problem, even when he was a young man and how he had to figure that out. And when he did, that's what led him in to becoming the fat burning man in the podcast and the whole brand that he's built up to this point. So I really, really uh, want you to just listen in on this conversation that I had with Abel and just put yourself in maybe his shoes or maybe my shoes and say, you know what? I've been through some stuff too. And that's helped me get to where I am. Never think about what you've done as a failure or as something that you've wasted your time. You're always going to be able to pull whether it's inspiration from something you've done in the past that will motivate you to push forward because you've been there, you've done that, or maybe just a skill set that you've built because you went through and did that for a little while and you've built up some skill sets that you now have forever. All right, guys, so I'm going to stop talking so you can sit back and enjoy this great conversation that I have with my friend, Abel James. Enjoy. Hey, Abel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It is going to be exciting to dig into your story. Super excited you're here. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing well, considering. Uh, and oh, I just yeah. want to thank you for having me on. Um, I've been listening to you for years. Oh, awesome. And, and you know, I didn't know that until we got on here and did our little pre-interview. Um, my wife actually has kind of stepped up to the plate. She's been doing all my outreach now, and I'm, I'm really focusing on just getting really uh, good guests that have good stories. Not that, you know, make you know, like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, that would be great, but it's more about the story and kind of like how you ended up where you are right now. And just, I guess how it happened. You know what I mean? Cause everyone kind of sees like, Oh, look at you, the fat burning man. Like you're, you, you've been doing it for a while. And of course you're successful and everything turns to magic when you touch it. And you're like, well, that's not really how it works, you know? No. No. So, uh, so cool. So you and I were talking a little bit. We have a little bit in common too. We, we uh, like to play uh, instruments. We like to play guitar and music and all yeah. that stuff. So why don't you give people a little bit of a background as far as Abel, like 
you know, where, where you come from and, and, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of, uh, or where did you start, I guess, in, in life? Yeah. Well, I guess as a, as an entrepreneur, cause that goes hand in hand really, I think with being a musician sure. or an independent creator or writer or any of those kind of like creative things yeah. got to start early. And I think most of us kind of did. So for me, I remember just being enchanted by the saxophone in elementary school. Mm. And I, I think it was third or fourth grade, but like, we didn't have any money. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. And uh, so <laughs> my, buried in my grandmother's basement was this old musty clarinet that somehow I fired back up and got made a deal with my parents that if I saved up enough money by mowing lawns, doing errands for other people, just like all sorts of stuff, yeah. um, then I could eventually get a beat up old used saxophone. And I did. And then it was just, that was like, I learned a lot of lessons from that and it continued. And, and then by my teens, I was buying and selling things on eBay uh, nice. and selling my music online. Actually, this was in like 1999 um, wow. and getting thousands of dollars from streaming music back then before all the wow. companies were bought out and the dot-com crash happened. It was, it was a really interesting time. Um, so I kind of learned how to fix instruments and, and sell tech technology computers a little bit, just beat up mm -hmm. stuff for hundreds of dollars at a time. Whatever. Mm. Um, taking gigs, uh, taking loans to get myself through college. Um, I went to Dartmouth in New Hampshire as well and, and took on some loans. So then I went to Washington, D.C. to try to pay those off as quickly as possible. Took a job as a strategy consultant working with the private sector at first and then oh, later wow. on with the federal government. And, and so kind of got my business chops going and, and also focused a lot on research for my work as well. Mm -hmm. And from working very, very hard, long story short, and having excellent health insurance, I became the most sick um, <laughs> as I ever had in my life in my really? early 20s. Yes, I was wow. 30, 40 pounds overweight, high triglycerides. I was eating nothing but low-fat whole grains that tasted like cardboard and avoiding dietary cholesterol and all these other things. And so uh, it was going through that rock bottom, like around the same time I lost everything I had uh, in an apartment fire in Austin, mm. Texas. And so <laughs> I, I had a moment of hitting rock bottom and out of that came uh, my, my blog books, a podcast called Fat Burning Man, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. focused on the health space, but really that's just the beginning of the conversation. Like I said, it's, it's about being independent entrepreneurs, creators, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So yeah. that's the focus of a lot of my work. And thankfully for 10 plus years now, uh, me and my wife have been able to do this full time, be creators, which is not without its ups and downs mm -hmm. and zigzags, as you know. Yeah, no, that's, and that's awesome that you and your wife are doing it together. I've been, I've been married now 26 years. We've been in what? business pretty much. Yeah, we've oh been, we've been, uh, well, I got a 24 year old daughter who's about ready to have a baby. So, wow. uh, Congratulations. yeah, yeah, thanks. So I'm going to be entering the grandparent world. And I said, I was talking to my buddy the other day. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm ready, but I'm like, I'm not ready to be called that. Right. Like, but I'm going to be called it because it's a great you know part of my life. It's going to be, but man, I'm, it's like, it feels like I just graduated high school. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like crazy, yeah. but it's exciting too. And, and you're right. Like, uh, yeah, I've been married 26 years. It doesn't even seem like it's possible, but, uh, my wife and I have been, you know, through a lot, but we've also been through a lot of great, like even business stuff that we've done and everything. And she's been the biggest supporter and I'm sure yours is as well. It's just, it's really cool to have your partner in life be with you through this stuff too. It's just pretty exciting. I, I, I seen yeah. it, uh, you and your wife did, uh, the cookbook, right? It was, uh, or the, the, it was a cooking class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was done, cool, man. We've done a bunch of cooking classes that we kind of produced our own running four to six yeah. cameras at a time. And like, like we've tried many different ways of doing this. Cooking eBooks was a big thing that we did in kind of like the early 2010s. Uh -huh. uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Made a lot of friends um, and did pretty well business wise as well. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, especially when you're online and anyone who's listening who works online knows this, you have to be able to adapt because oh, yeah. I was thinking about it. Me and my wife were sitting down and we're just like, we've probably made over a hundred grand with at least six to eight different business models mm -hmm. over these mm -hmm. 10 years, at least. Oh, yeah. And almost every single one of those has dried up or just not worked anymore or mm -hmm. only lasted for a little while. And then you have to find some other channel uh, and so <laughs> you've got to be ready, but, um, 
But you know, what's interesting about that is so many of the people I'm running into, especially recently are, are musicians who kind mm -hmm. of adapted, focused their business maybe on something else for a while and mm -hmm. are now as, as authenticity, live streaming, and just kind of more of a connection with, with people's um, following mm -hmm. starts to happen and be more achievable because of technology. You're starting to see people open up and, and start to do some music live streams, even if they usually talk about business or right. they usually talk about health and nutrition mm -hmm. or they usually talk about something else. And I think that's a, that puts us in a fascinating and very cool time that has a lot of opportunity. Mm, it, it really does. I mean, I think about when we started way back in the day, I'm saying brick and mortar photography studio, you know, not even digital camera at that point. We graduated to that like two years in and everything that we had to do just to drum up business. And now the tools that we have are just crazy because we can reach so many more people. We can target people directly yeah. and get our message out there and all that stuff. So it's actually easier, but yet there's still a lot to it, right? Like there's a mm -hmm. lot that you can do. And sometimes that's a problem. And I was mentioning to you, I had Todd Herman on recently and he said something to me that really struck, it really struck me as like, I've never thought about it like that. But if you look at like a franchise, they have like a box around their business. You have to operate within the box. Entrepreneurs, you and I, we can go outside that box. We don't yeah. need to stay in the box, right? And he's like, so you almost need to draw an imaginary line around it. You got to play within the field of play. You got to play within the, the NFL field or, you know, the, uh, the court for basketball. You got to go, what, what's, your, what's your goal? You got to make a basket. You got to make a touchdown, right? Like we kind of stray, you know what I mean? Because we can, you know what I mean? And then we get, <laughs> we get all over the place. So I got to create boxes, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. and I think we all do. It's, uh, is that something don't that you- don't get stuck in it. No, no, no. But, but, do, but do, do you, do you ever feel like, um, like kind of like you're, you're going down this path, you think you figured it out and then you're all of a sudden like, okay, like, I mean, I thought I had this figured out and now I'm feeling like either it's an itch or whether it's something that you just have an interest in and you're like, ah, I, I, I want to go down this route. It's more or less like a pivot. Do you, when do you, do you feel that there's a pattern to that for you? Like every so often you're like, oh man, here it comes again. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, big, time. big time. Yes. Because, um, everyone gets burnt out. And mm. for me, it's like, if you read my bio, it looks like I was doing all this stuff at the same time, like things mm. that are very different from each yeah. other, you know, different career paths. Even. And the way that I see it though, is more like in high school to, to go back to that example where you take you're you're in a play for a month or three months or whatever, and you're preparing right. and you're practicing, you're getting ready. And then you can play all those gigs and, and mm -hmm. you acquire skills by doing it that way and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, make a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. But hopefully, most of that is you create transferable skills. Yes. So like when I first started my podcast, a lot of people are just like, you rocketed up to number one in health and took out Jillian mm -hmm. Michaels in like three months. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you do that? And it's like, by playing over a thousand live shows before that mm -hmm. and being really bad at the beginning, mm -hmm. right? So I right. kind of... I had an unfair advantage there when I got into podcasting before most or, or before a lot of the kind of people with those audio video music theater chops mm -hmm. got in who they're definitely in now. Now there's a lot of money in it. There's production, sure. but like you have to realize that all of these different things are waves that you kind of have to surf on, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you try to get into podcasting now mm -hmm. compared to when I started my podcast in 2011, I think it was. Mm -hmm. It's like a completely different landscape in right. every single way. So right. it's, it's really important to acknowledge that. And so I think, it, yeah, it's, it's more like seeing the waves and trying to, to catch them and surf on them for a little bit. And then, mm. you know, to, use, to, to mix metaphors, they pull the rug out from underneath yeah. you with, yeah. with like no warning. So one thing that happened to us recently and to a lot of creators in our space is uh, all of the organic traffic from Google from search as well as on social media, just, mm -hmm. you know, all of these tech platforms are like, not you, they're like, turned it off or turned it way down to a fraction of what it was. So mm -hmm. for, for a business like ours, we've never focused on paid traffic whatsoever as mm -hmm. a business model. We're mm -hmm. just dabbling a little bit now because when they turn your traffic off, that's organic, yeah. you have to do something about it. And mm -hmm. so um, that's something that, that, you know, we've been going through for a while and it's just like, what do we do about this? Does that mean we throw a bunch of money and effort in the uphill battle of organic SEO traffic like we used to have? Mm -hmm. Or does it mean that we instead build new skills in the areas that are most promising to find leads 
now. Mm. And, and so you have to just step back and ask yourself that question with every Google update, with every social media algorithm update. And now at this point, they're not happening every few months. They're happening like every few hours, it seems like. Mm. Yeah, I think it's diversification, right? It's like we, yeah. we need to figure out, you know, again, you can't bank on one stream of revenue. You can't, you know, you bank on one, you know, stream of traffic. Um, but it is a challenge, right? Because sometimes you get complacent too, because you're like, oh, totally. wow, the numbers are great. You know, like just keep cranking. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what just happened? I got, I got slapped. And now all of a sudden I lost my traffic overnight or I got overnight. worse than that. Maybe you got, you know, de-indexed your entire site and you get zero mm -hmm. traffic. I've seen people have that happen to them too. Um, I've had, so, yeah, I've had employees delete my podcast feed. I've had employees lose my domains that were like the oh most profitable gosh. for us at the time because they forgot to renew them and missed an email. It's like, whoo, you've got to be ready for that stuff too. Yeah, I actually had something happen with the podcast feed uh, probably got to be about a year and a half now. And I was, I mean, I was cranking, right? Like I was doing, I'm always been doing three episodes. Dude, you work hard. <laughs> you yeah, work yeah, hard. yeah. I, I, I do, but you know, I prioritize, but yeah, I do work hard. I'm a hard worker. I've you know, come from the construction world and you know, I know what it takes to sweat and all that stuff, but I was busting my butt and, uh, and everything's going right along really good. Downloads are great. And you know, subscribing, everybody's subscribing. Like it was just great. Right. And then I started noticing my numbers were dropping a little bit. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And so I looked into our feed for some reason. I went into Libsyn and I noticed that the feed was basically, uh, it was not live anymore in iTunes. So you couldn't even search. <laughs> you couldn't even search and find me. The only right, people exactly. that could get I it were that. people that were getting auto subscribed, right? Or subscribed and getting the, the updates, but uh, people couldn't search. Um, yep. Any of the lists that I was top 100 gone. And then, so we had to do that. And honestly, it's, it's taken a while to get back to that organic side yep. because of that hit, you know? Yeah. But and they don't tell you when, when this stuff happened. They didn't tell right? us. Like you didn't change anything. It's just it like something for changed. Two weeks. And it's like, well, wh why? <laughs> it's like yeah. every time I record most of my podcasts through Skype and like last week, literally, thankfully I was doing a coaching session with somebody but it automatically records, right? It's got this little thing and yep. it's set up, it's ready to go. But sometimes it just disappears like off the hard drive and like the automatic features just, they're gone. gone. And then like may, maybe you recorded an entire day of interviews and that happened. Oh. So that's happened to me before. It's rough. Yeah, you just have that to deal sucks. with it kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's like recording a video and then you find out the camera wasn't on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's, it's crazy. But okay, let's, let's go back to... Uh, the podcast, but also you kind of becoming the fat burning man, if you will, right? Like, you know, introducing that. And because again, you've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah. And, and so how do you, how do you turn something that was, I guess, I guess, take us through like, what got you interested? I know that you said your health was kind of bad and stuff and you were figuring that stuff out. What got you to be like, oh my gosh, like I just corrected myself. I think I should help other people do this and I should probably blog about it and maybe start a podcast. Where does that, that light bulb come on that you go ahead and you try to do that? Yeah, I was getting really sick, like I said. So it was working through that. I, the, and one of the biggest reasons I got sick is because I was following the wrong advice too mm. hard, <laughs> like okay. harder than all my friends mm -hmm. who weren't like getting as sick as I was so fast because they weren't doing all these stupid things that the, right. <laughs> that right, right. the doctors at the time were telling everyone. So anyway, I, when I really started to shift my research chops in that direction, I started to look, okay, so I just lost everything in a fire. I'm, I'm broke because I just paid off all my loans. Happily broke, right? But still have nothing. I look right. in the mirror. I'm sick. I've got this like moon-shaped face. I'm all inflamed, super pale, overworked. Got this, you know, fat belly. And I used to be an athlete. I was a runner and, and raced mountain bikes and stuff. And so it's like, that was a big bummer to be in my early 20s and, mm. and to have that happen. And so I worked really hard for you know weeks and months just researching all this stuff finding cyclic ketogenic dieting in in the mm -hmm. bodybuilding circles from the 1980s and reading all mm -hmm. of these like banned books about it and inter but mostly interviewing people just talking mm -hmm. to them at the beginning and then coming up with my own plan and within a month i went from being uh you know having biomarkers of someone in their 40s or 50 50s who has some level of metabolic dysfunction. I went to having, you know, the, the exact 
biomarkers that someone should have in their prime who's athletic in their 20s. Mm. And, uh, and I started running marathons and wow. did that for a while. Got down to really, really skinny, too skinny, and started to learn the ins and outs of how all this works. But, but what I realized is that it wasn't in any way harder to achieve those results and kind of have that Brad Pitt fight club body that like most mm -hmm. kids, you know, who were growing up and male at the time idolized, you know, you were kind of yeah, going yeah. for that or the Wolverine or something. And, and it took me a little more than a month to get there. And that made me really, really mad because mm -hmm. it was doing the opposite, not being afraid of fat, changing the way that your metabolism functions. I learned a lot about, you know, fueling through nutrition when I was running the marathons, because if you don't, you're going to bunk out and it's going to be really ugly, you know? Mm. Uh, so I learned a lot about nutrition through that, got mad enough to say, you know, what, what Jillian Michaels is saying up there is wrong. Mm. It got me mm. into this position. Let's present an alternative to people. And I just started interviewing people and put it out there. And thankfully, like it, it did take off pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. long story, like it's really interesting how life goes because recently with everything that's going on and, and the stakes being so high with people's health and, and tensions in our culture and the world falling apart all around us, um, I messaged back and forth with Jillian Michaels and we're like kind of friends now. Even though we totally disagree about a lot of stuff, we yeah. can come together over being people who who believe that that we should all fight for better health and so now is mm. the time to really um i think focus on how we can come together even if originally i kind of started as a rebel and i i will never give that up i still like always want to yeah. be a free thinker but uh right, right. but at the same time it's important to not always think of the people who are around you uh, as competition even if you disagree or, or or have different views of how to do business it's important mm -hmm. to really learn from each other and especially now connect with each other. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you start the podcast, you start interviewing people really for your own research too. So you're kind of like double dip in there a little bit. You're like, okay, I'm going to do research yeah. and oh, I'm going to yeah. pick their brain. I'm just going to record it and then I'm going to put it out there. And if people want to listen, they can listen. Uh, when, when does monetization come in? Cause a lot of people are like, okay, you do this thing. I mean, you're doing it free and you're building an audience and all, and that's great. But how do you make money? I got to make money. I got to pay the bills. I got to, you know, like that's all great and all. Did you have a plan going into it or did you say, you know what, I'm just going to build the audience and then we'll see what happens? Uh, the latter really, because, uh, and I was thinking about this today, actually. Um, I think about this a lot because as we meet, we need art and, and kind of like individuals to be creating more than ever, but you can't do that really without a roof on your head and, and mm -hmm. being in a safe, warm place to sleep at night and being yeah. able to afford to feed you and your family and, and just take care of your responsibilities. That's a really important thing. And I wish, I wish it weren't, I wish like culture's priorities were different, but they're not. So we have to deal with that. And everyone knows the, the you know, broke musician, starving artist stereotype. Mm -hmm. So how I handle that, well, how I handled that in my own life and what I recommend to other people is, the way that I was doing it is I was still working part-time but remotely doing consulting and making good money doing it because I'd been doing it for years and was hired out of college to do this. I didn't necessarily like everything about it, mm -hmm. but until I could cover my living expenses at least on a monthly basis and rely on that income on a monthly basis uh, and, and also build up a small amount of cushion of tens of thousands of dollars mm -hmm. in order to get you through six, 12 months of, of expenses if things sure. go wrong. Um, that took me a good, a good year or two of doing pretty much all of my stuff for free or as mm -hmm. a passion project. Mm -hmm. And I didn't shift gears until I partnered up with another um, just great cookbook author and, and mm -hmm. person in the space and, and a few of them actually. And in like one weekend, I think, I think I made 17 grand or we did oh, like wow. 35 grand in sales and I split it with them. And, and I'm like, this is, mm. this is enough. This is enough. Now we can do this. And if I take that, all of that attention and all of that being on call for my boss, you know, working in consulting and apply that instead to just working my butt off, in this business, I know that we can, we can, it's not consistent yet, but we can make this consistent, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And it's kind of like, 
Yeah, I had a similar experience where we did our first launch back in the day. I was following Jeff Walker's stuff way back in the day. Like oh, I remember, just, yeah. Yeah, when it was just, you know, like when he just was introducing product launch formula. And I could, I mean, back then it was two grand for the course. I mean, even back then. I remember. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't it on buy a credit it. It's too card. expensive for me. <laughs> yeah, I put it on a credit card and I'm like, well, he's got the money back guarantee if it does, or, you know, like if I don't like it or whatever. So that, and that does work, by the way, right? Yeah. That's why we always <laughs> need to include that in our copy. Um, but yeah, so I tried it and, uh, I mean, I followed everything to a T and uh, we did it in our photography space. And yeah, I mean, we did like 13 grand in like four days. And I'm like, wow, holy crap. Like we used to work a whole fourth quarter with yeah. uh, photography sessions and hopefully at the end have 10 grand in the bank to carry us for a couple months, right? Like yeah. that's what we were doing. And I'm like, we just did this in three or four days and we could probably do this again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yep. light bulb, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm very similar to what, what you guys did too. Um, so, okay. So you do that now from there, what do you do to create some steady flow at yeah. that point? Like, cause yeah. that's the thing, like launches are great, right? Oh, boom, influx of cash. And then it's like, all right, now what? Right. Like, cause <laughs> it only lasts so long, right? Well, you have to ask yourself, what kind of business model do I mm. want to set up here? Mm. For me, I've tried many. Um, the one that's been the most reliable the, the two that have been the most reliable in the digital courses space have been a, um, a digital course that's been priced discounted to basically around 20 or $27 for this entire 10 years. And through organic traffic and podcast traffic and things like that, many people buy that course. Over the years, we've tried different upsells and things like that. So that, that funnel accounts for and I'm talking about digital sales because we yep. did start another business now with physical products, but mm -hmm. um, that accounted for about half of our income and in digital sales, whether that was 1.5 million, which it was in our best mm -hmm. year in sales, yep. not in profit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Important. Or, or, you know, <laughs> just like more recently where it's a small fraction of our business mm -hmm. now because mm. we've kind of moved in, in different directions and now it's much more competitive. And then the other half was a subscription and still is a subscription based coaching program, group coaching mm. for 27 a month. It's been the same pricing. We, we discounted some people down to 17 who have been with us for a long time and anyone who's in it for three months, basically we don't tell them this and, and advertise it really, but it's mm. not a secret either that we, mm. we just grandfather them in and you've got it for life. Um, okay. And, and we get free access to family and stuff like that. So that worked mm -hmm. until Google shut off our traffic. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to, woo. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of happens all at once and it kind of doesn't. It's very, it's a bizarre experience, but building a business and, and alternate streams of income is a whole, it's a whole thing. So, mm -hmm. and, and also, you know, if you're going to be signing up for a group coaching program and you're charging people monthly, even if it's only 20 bucks or five bucks, mm -hmm. you have to be there every single month for the rest mm -hmm. of your life. If you yep. promise people to make a podcast and the expectation is that mm -hmm. it's going to be weekly or at a daily show, God help you because mm -hmm. people will expect it every single day for the rest of your life, unless you pivot, change mm -hmm. expectations, unless things, you know, change. right now, we just, I just today was talking to my wife. We are hitting pause for two weeks. We're not putting out any of our own content based upon mm -hmm. what's, what's going on right now. And we're going through our, our past content for uh, people who are of African-American descent and chopping up those different uh, videos and voices mm -hmm. and highlighting them mm -hmm. and putting them out on our channel and not focusing on, on, on building momentum using my own voice and building revenue mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. We're, we're adapting for a short period of time because it, when you build a business now, especially if you are kind of the face of it, that's another part. Yeah. You got to keep the cash flow coming. Cause if you don't, you have to fire everybody and shut down and that's yeah. rough and it'll get ahead of you. Cash flow yeah. is the, the biggest yeah. thing. And, and we've been cash flow negative for a while as we shift and build a physical mm. products business called Wild mm. Superfoods. So it, it's, but the margins are so much lower there. We have good sales, but the, it's a premium product and the margins are, are super low compared to digital sales. So we're trying to ramp that up as the world's falling apart and all these cultural things are happening. Mm. And we have this platform and need to use it for the right reasons at the right time. So that's another <laughs> good example of just like, if you think it's right to pivot overnight, do it. I don't know if I'm making the right call. 
Mm. I think so. It, I'm following my heart and I'm following mm. my intuition. I think that's the big one though, right? It's like following your, your heart is a big one. And I mean, I'll be honest, man. Uh, I was struggling with this for about the past two years, really. And I mentioned this on my podcast, you know, I was starting to be labeled as the Amazon guy. And I'm like, I don't want to be known as the Amazon guy. And I was right. actually talking to uh, you know, a friend of mine, actually Pat Flynn. And, and he was like, oh, Pat, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, let, let me ask you something. He goes, if you were to go into a coffee shop five years from now and two guys follow you in and one guy knows you, one guy doesn't, what's the one describing you as? And I'm like, well, right now it could be the Amazon guy or the e-commerce guy. And he's like, is that who you want to be known for? I'm like, not really. And he's like, you need to change and you need to start yeah. now. And yep. I'm like, okay. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I, I like to share that just with my audience and I'm glad that you shared that too, because people think that that's going to go away right? Like there's these milestones that we're hitting, but then there's another one right beyond that one. We just, we need yep. to get to this one in order to see that one or to get to that one. Um, and I think it's just also, we love the climb, right? Like we love yeah. the climb as much as we might be like, Oh gosh, here we go again. You know, but it's like, we, we thrive on that. Um, yeah. and it also allows us to grow, you know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. And, and I'm at, let's see, I met Pat back in like 2012 or 2013 for the first yeah. time. And now, you know, we just bought his freaking tripod and it's the best one we've used. You yeah. Know what I yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. I love it. And yep. I love following these different people's careers, seeing, I mean, think of all the different business models he's used oh. over the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. just, it's wonderful to, to see people be transparent with that. Uh, I believe and I hope that the future of capitalism isn't about keeping all of our secrets private keeping right. all of our business information or metrics private, I think for the, this, this entire time as humanity, we should have been sharing with each other. We, sh mm. we should work together. There's, there's enough pie for everybody if we all get on the same page that way, right? Like, mm -hmm. obviously you have to watch. I've been taken advantage of many times over the years and, mm -hmm. and that'll happen to you too. Um, of course. Personally, business-wise. But that doesn't mean that, that you have to just like, give up and be afraid because it's always going to be that way. You're going to take some hits, but hopefully you make some friends. And, and some of the best friends that I've made are the ones who I've given what would have been called trade secrets to in the mm -hmm. private sector. When I was doing consulting, you know, they would have been like super secretive stuff that if you shared that with your competitors, you are gone forever and you might go to mm -hmm. prison. We should, why do we have a system like that? You know? Yeah. And so yeah. at least as small businesses, masterminding with each other and sharing best practices is, is so important. Yeah, it's really powerful. And I forget who said it. I mean, it's been thrown around. It's kind of like your net worth is, you know, your your net worth is your net work. Like it's kind yeah, of like, yeah. you know, when you build that out, it totally like and I'm sure it's happened to you, right? Like something has happened because you met someone and that opened a door to something, right? Like it's just like you kind of start connecting the dots and you're like, oh wow. Which speaking of that, I, I do have a, I, I usually ask all of my guests this. So I wrote a book called The Take Action Effect. And it's talking about like your take action moments in, in life. Like there's something that happens that if you didn't do that one thing, if you didn't act on that one thing, you never would have been to where you are now or it wouldn't have led you there. Is there something that comes to mind to you like of something that if you didn't act on something, you didn't like trust your heart, like you said, is there something that you're like, man, if we never did that, we never would have did this. I would say it's saying no from the beginning to anything that was over the line ethically. Mm. Um, anything that was a little queasy, mm -hmm. I turned down over a million dollars several times over before we probably ever made like a hundred thousand or, or a few wow. hundred thousand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I started up a brand that so easily, especially once it took off, mm -hmm. could have been abused to make exorbitant sums of money. Mm. And um, that is not why I do this. We have, uh, for, for ten, the 10 years that we've done this, when you do the math, it's like we have broken even almost every single year. We've lost money a bunch of years. Um, and when I say lost money, it means like paying my team and investing back into the business or sure. just getting hosed. It could be either of those two things. It's both. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then the year that, we did really well. I paid as much in taxes. Mm -hmm. No, I paid more in taxes than I paid for my more my house in downtown Austin. Mm -hmm. And that was, was a life changing experience to go through that. And I'm just like, you know what? 
working harder and making even more money sometimes is not what I want to do either. So I, the way that I would answer your question is to say, I'm really thankful that we did this and we never crossed that line because some people who did still mm-hmm. do. And, and you can tell that they don't sleep as well at night. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like they're still out there. You're going to run into these people nonstop who are willing to do the things that you won't because their mind works in a different way. Like uh, someone explained it to me really well recently, looking at politics actually, mm. not to go there, but yeah. that someone who is not a sociopath will never understand a sociopath's behavior because right. they essentially don't have a heart and they're operating like a meat robot. Right. And, and people with a heart would just never do the things that they would do. So that's right. not intelligence necessarily. Mm. They can be very intelligent, but you shouldn't, especially if you don't know some of these people personally, Um, or, or you're not very familiar with your work, be careful of idolizing the wrong people. Cause when you get up close and personal with some of them, you're like, Oh, you're a monster. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and it's funny because I've met a lot of great people and people that I have somewhat idolized or looked up to, however you want to phrase it. And whether it's a musician or whether it's, and it's, it's so funny, like almost instantly you can tell if they're really the way that they appear to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, even just talking to you, like you and I've never talked before, but the minute we got on, we're like, oh, we could hang out. Like, I mean, you know what totally. I mean? Like we, we totally get it. Right. Like, and you can see other people, it's just like strict, it's, it's just business. You know what I mean? Or it's just like, okay, hit record, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've, I'm really fortunate because we do handpick like our guests and like do a whole background and all that stuff. And who do I want to have on? But also you're going to get some of those people. And it's not that they're, it's not that they're bad people. It's just, they're not my people or your people, right? It's like, you can totally tell um, character and all of that stuff. And I think you have a good sense and that's why you've kind of repelled that and you didn't allow that in because you're also protecting your audience. You know, your audience yeah, is, you know, they're, they're, they're allowing you to live your life, man, and be able to do what you love. And, and, you know, I really take that serious, you know, um, it's easier really important. than done. You have to yes. make some hard calls and you need to tell people no people mm-hmm. who might have way more power and influence than you, you have to be willing to be like, yeah. sorry, I can't have you on my show. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, it's totally true. Okay. There's two other things I want to, I want to talk about. I do want to get into some, uh, some health stuff or some weight, uh, loss type stuff, yeah. or even just as an entrepreneur, like, cause we can always make excuses why we can't exercise, why we can't walk, why we can't take care of our mind, why we can't eat the right things. Like we can make all of these excuses. Um, I've made them myself. I mean, I think we all can say that we, we get busy and we think that we can't do it. So I definitely want to talk about that. Um, and also I wanted to ask you like right now in the world that we're living in, like right now, cause everything has changed. Like, you know, as well as I do, like we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in the world. Right. And so right now, and I just actually was on Charlotte today and I did a piece on there about pivoting in, in business and in your life because there's people right now dealt with no job or they have to consider getting paid less and taking a demotion to keep a job. But they've always been longing to do something. And I look at like, this is like a chance for them to do it. So if you were in a situation like that, you, you know what you know though, what would you do today to start somewhat from scratch i would start with whatever i was naturally drawn to and understood as a platform as a as a user or consumer i hate those words but you know what i'm saying like you're oh, yeah. the one who's who's using this platform on the other end of it mm. um like read a bunch of books before you become an author that right. that's one thing that i that i see violated all the time but i think it's mm. a good concept that you can and metaphor that you can apply to a lot of other things so i would say you know if that's TikTok or Snapchat or Instagram, um, good for you. <laughs> that's, right. that's not mine. Right. Um, but if it's, if it's literally just going to your local community and influencing that in some way, I think we will start seeing you know, the, the real world start running into more and more the online world. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say just go online right now. Even if you are brick and mortar, everyone's being forced to now. It's kind of old mm-hmm. news. But um, yeah. It's not like it snuck up on us and there it's a whole, like the whole way that it works is so alien and different to people who aren't used to it. Mm. 
everything can be taken out of context. Yeah. You can ruin your career in a millisecond before you even get started. Mm -hmm. uh, it's dangerous out there. Mm -hmm. So don't do it alone. Find that, that platform that you're using um, with, with other members of, of kind of a community that you can come up with. I'll use Pat Flynn again as an example. Mm -hmm. And sure. Jamie Masters as well, Eventual Millionaire was her podcast yep. back in the day uh, when, when we all kind of met and hung out for a little while. I met Lewis Howes back in 20, I think this is 2013. It was at an award ceremony and some of us got awards. Uh, I got one for a podcast, one, but mostly Vinny, Vinny was there. Like so many people were there at the same yeah. time who have gone on yeah. to become much bigger a lot of the time mm -hmm. or they're still doing it 10 years later or whatever. And you feel like you kind of came up even if you're in totally different niches or verticals, mm. you feel like you came up in the same class, right? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe one of yeah. you was, was on the football team and another one was a cheerleader, but like you came up at the same time with the same social, cultural technology, uh, influences of technology as well. Mm. And, and that's, it means something later. So I would encourage mm. people to, to get out there, go to conferences or go to meetups even virtually and try to mm. make some connections with people who are coming up at the same time because they'll mm. be so important later. Many of them will flame out. You'll never see them again. You'll be generous. Some will take advantage of you, but mm. just keep on going because I am so thankful for, for some of the people who I just met and had a beer with 10 mm. years ago because now yeah, yeah. Like, connections, wow. right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like connections and, and uh, you know, again, it's, it's your net, it's your network. Um, but as far as like a business model, like right now, business, okay. you've done a lot. I've done a lot. Like, you know, there's a hundred different ways we can kind of slice this, right? Like we could do that. And I'm like, all right, Abel, you got to make some cash. And, you know, you, you got a year, man. You, you got a year. What, what are you going to do in a year? You, you, you have the skills though. You have the skills yep. right now, right? You've, you've podcasted for how many episodes? You've built funnels. You've done all kinds of stuff. What do you do? But I don't have the connections. Uh, I have the skills, but not the connections. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Because yeah. I think connections, I could just make a phone call and someone could say, oh, I'll send it out to my email list. Absolutely. Because that is to some degree where I am now, but then it becomes political. Then it becomes mm -hmm. like power brokering, trust brokering. Yep. And that's, yep. A, yep. that's a whole different thing. Yep. So uh, people who are just getting their start right now, I, I am envious. People are so surprised to hear that, but I'm so, so envious in some ways because, you know, when I was playing gigs and no one, it felt like no one was paying attention. Those can be the most fun. That's when you can be the mm. most free. So the challenge is to bring that forward into building a business. What I'm mm. seeing now is it's, it, I mean, there are certain people, especially if you understand paid traffic, mm -hmm. people are making hundreds of millions of dollars, but they still have no soul. And it doesn't mm. change that fact right, right. by having more money. It only makes it worse. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of people make hundreds of millions of dollars doing that, doing venture capital. Mm. Um, ourselves have done a New York Times bestselling book, an international bestselling book, an ebook, digital courses, subscriptions, in-person in coaching, in-person speaking, virtual coaching. You've done uh, it did all. Did I say apps yet? We did six <laughs> number one no. apps in a row. Oh my gosh. Um, we got the number one, uh, or excuse me, number six app overall in all of Apple's uh, app store with I think over 250,000 or 300,000 sales. Wow. Um, don't do the app business. <laughs> shut <laughs> it down after that. Did shut you really? It, it, was, it was a nightmare. It really? so expensive to run it was apple takes everything amazon takes everything you know what i mean and wow they'll make it so you have to make an update right that costs mm. you 10 or 20 grand overnight without telling you and and that keeps happening with all the different apps at the same time and so mm. anyway having a whole, having a software company is a is a whole thing what we're doing now i can say as the digital courses space becomes more and more competitive um we are still doing that, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so based on the traffic that I get from the website, the podcast, and the rest of that, um, it's great. If you can have a digital course and get traffic there, excellent mm. business model, mm. especially if you could do some sort of subscription. I started up a Patreon channel. If you get a viral video, if you get enough people following you from doing this stuff over time, it, some of my friends are making over $30,000 a month just oh by gosh. setting up that one, one channel. You're not going to get there by setting up 14 channels and trying to do right. them all. You've right. got to really 
focus on, on the things that work. Um, writing books, I would not recommend for most people to do. If you're an author and a writer, do it for sure. But it's like, for someone like me, I can't compete with the best copywriters out there or the best writers um, the same way that I can by using my voice as a trained musician and singer uh, for a podcast and doing interviews and that sort of thing. Whereas a lot of those people can't do that, right? right, right. So you have to find what, what your natural talents are, be willing to build them. And then I like the model of, of digital courses I like the model of kind of the Patreon thing, but they can pull the rug out at any moment. So of course. Uh, Wild Superfoods is the physical products, nutraceuticals and supplements company, and also a bit of food. We're going in that direction too, shelf-stable oh, wow. food. Um, eventually, like one step at a time. We're building that out and that has become by far our most in sales, but not necessarily in margin and profit. So mm -hmm. it, gets a, it gets tricky. You, need, you can't just have sales. You need to be able to pay your team, invest, like just our overhead is, is at its least for the past many, many years has been 15 plus grand a month, mm -hmm. which is like not that much, but generating that much in profit every single month for, you know, indefinitely, no matter what happens right. is really challenging. Even for the people yeah. at the top of their game, I can tell you, mm -hmm. especially now, it's really, really mm -hmm. challenging. And so no matter where you're at, like in some ways, if you're just starting right now, at least you don't have overhead, right? Like once you get all this going, some of the, one of the interesting things as the economy has been tanking and a lot of the money dries up that I've been seeing is like these people who are running businesses that, you know, make 10, a hundred million dollars a year. In many cases, they're not doing better than we are who, you know, we right. make hundreds of thousands, our best years will dip into the millions mm -hmm. or whatever, just a little mm -hmm. bit, but like we still break even after paying the team and for the technology and, and all the rest of it. These sure. people who, you know, are in the tens or hundreds of millions, they might be losing millions of dollars a year instead mm -hmm. of, you know, for us, we've lost hundreds of thousands in years. We've made hundreds of thousands. So it's just like the swings get bigger. It's like playing a higher stakes poker game and it'll get ahead of you if you don't just keep adapting you're going to mm. hemorrhage money at some point mm. you're going to have to stop the bleeding you're going to have to it keeps happening Absolutely. i don't know why it keeps happening yeah. it always does you, get, it you does. gotta plug it up you're you're right though because even john i had john gordon on who wrote the energy bus and uh the carpenter he wrote a bunch of books and really great guy and uh you know he's turned it into more of a uh leadership uh business where you know basically high level, you know, uh, you know, CEOs and just really high level business people, but he does a lot of speaking and a lot of his money is made through speaking. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? Not speaking right now, right? Yep. Got a whole team, right? Of people that are doing strategic coaching and all this stuff, but they need the leads from, you know what I mean? It's like, so yep. everything kind of gets cut. And, and he, he was talking about it on the podcast. He's like, you know, we had to adapt, you know, we got to do virtual. We got to, you know, we got to figure that whole thing out now. So it's like, just because you see, you know, the top as you might see it, they're still having their own issues and they're adapting. Um, it's a mess, but, usually. Yeah, it, it is a mess. But what I'm hearing from you is that you would pretty much build some type of audience. Yeah. And then through that audience, you would monetize it either through Patreon or uh, maybe it is your own digital course. Maybe it's your digital book, like whatever. That's kind of the model that you're saying that you would do right now if you had to, um, if, if you had to start over, if that, that's what you would do. Again, physical product, like you doing the supplements and stuff, whole nother animal, right? Yeah. Whole nother animal. You got cash flow, Like you said, you got inventory, you got shipping, you got customer support. Like don't start with that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you could start with that. Uh, or, <laughs> Uh, you can start with the other. Um, and so what I'm hearing is, is, is you, you like to build an audience, get the know, like, and trust, and then sell them what they, what they need. Yes, I would agree with that, but I would change the word slightly to community. I would say mm. build, build a community. I like that. Um, for me, back in the day in the early 2010s, it was a lot of that was in ancestral health, paleo, alternative health. Um, but also, like I was saying, like Pat Flynn, uh, Jamie, Vinnie Tortorich and a few others like independent creator was also another community, no matter what vertical we were in, like, like mm -hmm. I'm saying. So yeah, build a community and provide value to that community, not necessarily by, by selling them products, but there is so much value as well in kind of curating communities, helping to build masterminds and that sort of thing. Some people are just excellent 
at herding cats. Mm-hmm. I'm not one right. of those people. I can kind right. of do it. I'm, I, I'm bad at managing. Um, right. I'm not that, that type. Mm-hmm. So if you are, then do that. It doesn't have to look like the way that all of these people who are taking selfies and, and p- taking pictures of their butts on Instagram, you don't right. have to do it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. No. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's move into, uh, we'll wrap this up with, um, with some, some health stuff. Like, so I'm, I'm 40, I'm going to be 48. Um, uh, let's see in uh, July, forgot what my birthday was. Right? Yeah. So in July, I'm going to be 48, right? I'm going to be a grandfather. We already talked about that, right? Crazy. Yeah. So, um, I was at the best shape of my life, by the way, when I was 40. Um, okay. I actually did insanity with uh, Sean T. Oh, Sean right? T's a good friend. Yeah. I love yeah. Sean. Yeah. So I, I did his program and I was, I remember watching it and, and, uh, and I was probably, I was probably about 25, 30 pounds overweight. Um, I would say I was, I never hit 200 pounds. I was always been in my, I think my highest was like 195. Right. But in high school, I was like 170, 175. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're about you know, the same size, I think. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just under six foot. I'm like, I'd like to say I'm six okay, foot, you're a little I, I think I'm a hair, I'm a, I'm a hair under. Um, my, my son will tell me that my son's six, three and he's you know 22. So <laughs> he'll, he'll always tell me that he's, that he's, you know, a lot taller than me. But I say, I'm stronger than you. I'm strong. Let's arm wrestle. Uh, so anyway, so, um, I'm always fascinated with it, but I also seen myself like I was literally, and I'm not saying this to brag or to say like, Oh, you know, like look at me, but I was, dude, I was getting ripped. I did P90X after that. Um, my, my diet was dialed in as I thought at the time for what I was yep. doing. I was, you know, ca- calories was big. Macros was big. Um, and all of that stuff. And I was just dialed in. I almost got a little, a, a little obsessed about it. My, my wife was oh, like, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not into, you're not, you're not going to be competing. Here. And I'm like, I know, but it's like, I'm on a roll. Look at this. I got a six pack <laughs> now. I never had one of these. Right. And I'm 40, you know, and it was, it was pretty cool. But I also found that that wasn't a happy medium for me. Like I had to figure out like, and so now I'm at the place where I still want a good physique, but I still want to be able to have a beer. And yep. not have to be like, oh, you can't do it because it's not in your macros and you're not supposed to have wheat and, and all that stuff. And I don't want to have any of that stuff. So I, I don't know. You tell me, like, if you, if you were going to coach me, right? And, and anyone listening, like, we're an entrepreneur. We need to, we need to find time. What does it look like at, to balance that so mm-hmm. we can have a good physique, but also just be healthy on the inside so we can perform really high? Yeah. Lot to unpack there. I'll see if I can simplify. We might have to do another episode on just that. I'd be happy to, by the way. Yeah, I, I really would. I think because, we should. We we should line that up. Yeah, man. Uh, because for entrepreneurs, it's kind of a special consideration. Um, yeah. But but anyway, I'll try to answer it real quick here. What I've recommended and, and the way that I eat and live really hasn't changed very much in these 10, 10 plus years. The vast majority of my calories come from fat, believe it or not, but you have to get a high quality source of fat. So avoid industrial vegetable oils, seed oils, GMO oils. Those are almost all of the oils, by the way, at restaurants, mm-hmm. in processed foods, right. uh, in any food that's, that's kind of prepared and, and ready to go. You have to watch out for those oils. So mm-hmm. instead, focus on the oils that we would have been eating 100, 200 years ago the ones that aren't newfangled. Um, so if the animals are healthy, this is the biggest part. You, if you're going to eat animal foods, and we do, like I said, a lot of the, the calories and the food that we eat comes from healthy animals raised on pasture according to their natural diet. So if you're a, a cow or a buffalo, you're eating grass. You're not mm. eating pellets. You're not eating human food or waste or junk. Mm. You would be shocked by how low the standards are for your food, your meat, especially in the, in the United States. So focus on, on as high quality food as you can get. Fresh foods are always going to be better, but don't be afraid of, in, in my case, this isn't right for everybody, but this is the way that, that we do it. Um, don't be afraid of red meat, ruminant animals that are raised healthy on pasture. I'm not afraid of dairy. It works better for some people than others. Um, but I fast the vast majority of the day. For 10 years, I've been not eating breakfast, essentially, and not eating until at least noon. That's the way that I did it for the first few years. And, mm-hmm. and for probably five years now, I've been eating more like one meal a day or maybe one and a half. Or I start eating in the afternoon old school bone broths packed with mm-hmm. collagen. You need to get nutrients. You need to make sure that your joints are, are lubricated and all that. 
um, then I like to get a bit of greens and plant foods in there as well. They can be cooked. Um, we have a future greens like smoothie drink powder that we have almost every day and, and really like that. So getting your greens in, I do believe is important. Plants can be very important and really hitting your nutrients is what you want to do with a somewhat minimal amount of food. Like if you're eating less food, you're kind of winning to some degree when you look at longevity and that sort of thing. So the idea is you want to build an efficient metabolism uh, for, for many people that'll be fat based it doesn't mean that you need to avoid carbs at all costs. I went for a big run up the mountain to 10,000 feet yesterday because I was feeling <laughs> a little trapped in my house and just angsty. And yeah. so after that, that's when I hit my carbs right mm -hmm. after a workout later in the day. So it's kind of like you've got a budget, let's call it 50 to a hundred net carbs a day. It can be more if you exercise a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so keto carnivore, plant-based vegan, you don't need to go to those extremes at all. Mm. You can eat animal food. You can eat plant food. <laughs> you can dabble mm. in a little bit of both. Learn yeah. which foods work best for you. And I would challenge people um, more difficult or, or challenging in some cases for women. Certainly if you're pregnant, if you're a child, like fasting isn't going to be the thing for you. But mm. for a lot of people, you can get um, you can get a lot of time back as an entrepreneur, those hours of flow, you know, mm. when I'm doing interviews or I'm writing or whatever they're precious. So mm. fasting can, in many ways, once you're adapted to it, help that. And, and so pushing out breakfast is something that I would encourage people to try. Well, I do that. Um, I generally don't eat until sometimes two, three o'clock in the afternoon yeah. every day. Um, yep. But I do have, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this. You said high fat. So I do that as well. Um, I have the Kerrygold butter is what I use. And yeah. I actually, I actually make my coffee with that. So I'm doing the whole bulletproof coffee thing. But the only yeah. thing I have is just coffee with, you know, I don't know, a tablespoon or a little bit more. I just slice off a quarter, quarter inch of the stick. I throw it in a blender and I whip it up, a little MCT oil and I'm, I'm done. And that's my coffee. And that's the only thing I have up until about two o'clock, sometimes three o'clock because I'm not that hungry. I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. Yeah. And then I'll break it with generally, and it's funny because my kids make fun of me because I'm. I'm, I can eat the same thing almost every day. Like, I don't care. Like, it's just, so I have a plate full of broccoli in butter and I saute it and I just kind of do that. Then I yeah. throw two, two eggs, you know, uh, just they're organic, you know, uh, farm-raised eggs, um, usually two of those. And then uh, sometimes I'll have some leftover sweet potato from dinner, um, just a little bit that was sauteed. That's it. And I'm done. That's it. Perfect. And then a little bit of water. Yeah. You're so done. am I doing okay? You're doing okay. One thing I would encourage you to do if you can is every few weeks or every few months or season, you kind of switch up what that same thing is Okay. with the seasons. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's like, yep. instead of eating broccoli every single time, you swap it out for some Swiss chard or you focus on onions and garlic for a while or you, okay. you do something else. Uh, and, and similar with meats as well. We try to, mm. get, like diversity is important when you're talking about the diet, cycling mm. things in and out. Can be too. Well, so for so now that's the one meal. Now you said you only have like one and a half. So what I'll do for dinner is it'll almost be a carbon copy of that, but I usually add a meat to that. So like last night I had some yeah. ground meat, some you know um, uh, grass finished uh, meat, and sautéed it. We get it from a local farm here. They they literally raise them here and then do the whole thing. And so that's where we get it, ground meat. And then so I just sauté that up. I put a little bit over my broccoli, a couple of eggs, and then uh, and that's it. And that's that's my dinner. Um, so, but then, you know, every now and then, you know, I like a little bit of pizza. Yep, so uh, am, am I okay to just, is, I mean, what's your thoughts on like a cheat meal or everybody says, oh, you can have one or you don't, you shouldn't do one for every, you know, every two weeks. Yeah. Like, what's your thoughts on that? If you're young and you're exercising a lot, be as hedonistic and self-destructive as you want. Have, have <laughs> that, have Find where the edges are. But if you're like in more of your thirties, forties, getting, getting older, yeah. then and the trick is uh, a friend who's much wiser than me said is to get the buzz out of having a beer instead of a six pack. Mm. And so similar with food, it's like, yeah, you can have pizza, but you can't have the whole pizza. So just be right. reasonable, reasonable about it. Now yeah. the trick is, is that all of those foods like pizza and ice, ice cream and, and modern processed foods, yeah. um, or, or even just kind of like even real food versions of those, they're kind of addictive and you mm. can plow through them. So some people can practice self-restraint better than others work on it. And if you can't find some way of, of not having Ben and Jerry's in your fridge and only going for it on, on, you know, special occasions, you know, mm. 
Yeah, yeah. But no, we have to get ahead of our monkey mind and play tricks on uh, ourselves sometimes. I, we do, we do, because I could eat that whole pizza, man. I used yeah, to do we that. All could. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm like, oh no, let's just let's just eat that whole pie. Let's just do it, <laughs> you know. But but then the next day I pay for it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel exactly. like crap. And I'm like, you feel like you went out drinking the night before. You're like, I you didn't do. Even drink. You know, I feel like I'm crashing. Yep. Inflammation. Here. Oh, inflammation is terrible. Um, and so last thing. So as a 48, almost 48-year-old man that doesn't have a complete six-pack, you can almost see the top of my abs, but you, you start, you know, you see it a little bit on the sides and stuff. What's the trick there? Is it doing a whole bunch of, I got to do a whole bunch of cardio or is it just get the diet in? Don't do that cheat day. Uh, are, are you counting calories? Like I don't count calories, but what, what would be your advice there? I don't count calories. Sometimes my six pack is a little blurrier than others, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. If you want to lean down, then you don't need to do caloric restriction, but you need to have some sort of energy deficit. And it's not mm -hmm. as simple as it sounds, right? But one yeah. thing you can do that that's an old bodybuilder trick is um, don't have any fat in the morning. Push that out too. Oh, wow. Okay. And instead, replace it with 30, 45 minutes of not intense steady state cardio, a very light walk, a very light, you know, just pedal on the bike or something. Like that. The trick is you can't go glycolytic. You can't go above the, essentially your heart rate where you start breathing too heavily. So mm. if you're breathing out of your nose, you're kind of safe. But as soon as you start, you can't have uh. a conversation anymore. That's, that's a little too much. You're pulling from your sugar stores and you're going to get okay. hungry. So okay. the trick is to exercise very at, at, in that kind of like fat burning zone for a while you can have some black coffee if, if you want mm -hmm. but do that like most days for a while and that'll mm -hmm. lean you down another thing that'll lean you down super quick is by doing sprints once or twice a week with a recovery day and all that looks like is run as fast and as hard as you can safely um for 10 20 30 seconds and then repeat it a few times a half dozen maybe 10 times that can okay. look at like burpees that could be sprints. I like hill sprints mm. up hills because they're actually a lot safer on your joints. And, and it's, you're smoked. If you do mm. it right, you're smoked every time. And oh, yeah. It always works. Um, but recovery, especially, mm. you know, I'm, I'm coming up into my later thirties now. And as you get older, like doing the hardcore burpees on like asphalt isn't going to do you any favors after a while. So like going harder isn't always what you want to do. You have to focus on recovery and sleep too. Yeah. Sleep. That's a whole nother one, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. We, we're going to have to have you back on uh, Abel because I, I got to dig in more on that. I think we should dedicate it just for, again, us as busy entrepreneurs who think we don't have time really to kind of go through what it looks like. And, uh, and maybe you can give us some tools that we can use to, to create a better lifestyle for ourselves. And uh, I, I'm always fascinated by that. So I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more on that. So yeah, man, hey, anytime. Let's, let's do this. Let's let people know how they can, how they can get more from you and kind of learn more about you and your podcast and everything that you guys are up to. Sure. Thank you. So easiest way to find me is my name is Abel James. You can look that up on whatever platform you'd like and fat burning man. So go to fatburningman.com. I have over 300 episodes of my show with full transcripts, video, audio, all the rest of it, no outside advertising. And then uh, I have a new book called designer babies still get scabies. And that's uh, funny and, and some more hardcore humor and satire that's at designerbabiesbook.com and let's see what else if you're interested in wild superfoods uh, future greens we have collagen cocoa as well as vitamin d vitamin c an adrenal stack and a bunch of new stuff that's all at wildsuperfoods.com awesome Abel, man, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Really great to meet you finally in, in person, in virtual person. Yeah, in virtual person. Yeah, here, here we are. So anyway, just thanks so much for taking time out of your day. I appreciate you and we'll definitely get you back on. But uh, have an awesome day and thanks again. You too. Thank you. All right. Well, I wasn't kidding, right? What a great guy. Love Abel. More that I talk to him now and uh, really get to know him. I'm just like, man, I really, really like him. He's a guy that I could sit down and have a great conversation with, have a, have a drink with, and just chill. Uh, really great guy, uh, good head on his shoulders. He's a musician like I am, and uh, we had a good conversation about that, but I'm probably going to get him to come back on to talk more specifically about our health as entrepreneurs and how to take better care of ourselves because if we don't take care of this ourselves, our mind, our body, 
our internal, like our internal machine here, all right, or our outside of our or inside of our chassis, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If we don't take care of that, what good is that as far as taking care of other people, right? We need to take care of ourselves first. And it's hard when we're busy, right? Or we think we're busy. We don't make time for those important things. We don't understand it or we don't think that we can. And I want to get Abel back on uh, for a future episode. And we're going to dig into that topic. And uh, I know that he'll do a great job in helping us out with that. So you can look forward to that one. But for now, you might want to go back and even listen to this one again. Take some notes. And number one, think about your own self. Whenever you're hearing these stories, that's what I always do. How does his story relate to something that you've been through or something that you may go through in the future, right? Knowing also that he didn't have all the answers. He just went and took action. And then things start to open up or you learn something from from a challenge that's faced uh, or that's given you a problem or something that you've had to deal with, right? So think about his story and how it relates to your story. And that's what I want you to really take away from these featured guests that I bring on. It's not just about the marketing and the business and all of that stuff. It is, but it's not all about that. I want you to think about that he's taken, you know, his situation and he turned that into a business, pretty good business, by the way. And uh, he's got a bright future, but he also is very transparent. And that's what I love about him as well. So, all right, guys, if you want the show notes, head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash 852. Grab all the show notes. You can get all the links over there, the transcripts, all that stuff can be found over there. All right, guys. So until next time, take care. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now let's rock your brand.